Hello, Internet Dwellers, and welcome to Franchise Schmanchise. I am Jeff Bell here again for this episode with my co-host for this franchise, TC DeWitt. Hello. Welcome. I'm, it's good to be back. Yeah, I'm welcome welcomed, back. I'm to welcomed the- to be back. Franchise Schmanchise. <laughs> Schmanchise. It's a very fun, fun podcast title, <laughs> but not the easiest of podcast titles. Nope, but that's the point. <laughs> and today we're watching the 1990 movie Die Hard 2, Die Harder, directed by Nightmare on Elm Street 4 director, Rennie Harlan, <laughs> and starring mm. Bruce Willis back again as the famed everyday action man, John McClane. And by the end of this episode, we will answer the most important question, does this movie deserve a sequel? You'll have to wait till the end to hear that. So like an icicle through the <laughs> eye, let's stab right into this episode, shall we, TC? Ooh. Ooh. You punned me again. <laughs> well took done, me, sir. Took me two weeks to come up with that. So, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, okay. that's good. No, that's uh, two, two is the magic number here two. because that's what we're, that's what this is. Is Die Hard two? This is. We should really yeah. call this franchise schmanchiser. French franchisier. Franchisier. Schmanchisier. <laughs> um, so, um, so I, I'm that. I'm curious. Do we do we discuss? Uh, do you want to discuss like the original at all, or like how are we, are we just going to focus on this movie? Because I know previously, and then episode one, we discussed the, our reactions to Die Hard itself and our feelings about if there should be a sequel and what that sequel should be. And now we've gotten this sequel, and it's a sequel to Die Hard, to be to be sure. Yep. <laughs> um, well, I, anyway, I you know, well, I guess just free form wherever you want to go, I will follow my friend. Right, right, and you're 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 we're along the same lines right now. So be, now we have we have a sequel. We have an official part two to the Die Hard franchise, mm-hmm. and we've watched it. Um, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> you can sense the enthusiasm in the tone of my voice, can't you? Um, we, I, I think uh, you thought it was a number two. It's just that's that's the um. The sense I'm getting uh, from your tone. Just not the, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, there's so much, oh, there's so much, there's so much I could say about this. Because I'm really, like, I'm on the fence about Die Hard 2. <laughs> like, like, I love Die Hard 1. The first Die Hard is so good. It's so entertaining. It's so it's, much fun. It's, yeah. It's, it's just, oh, yeah. I can watch that movie over and over and over and over and over again, and I don't get sick of it. I start quoting it. I like what I watch. <laughs> this one, on the other hand, at least in my opinion... I, mm-hmm. and in the past, have skipped it entirely. Ooh. Um, well. To take to take a step away from the, the, the structure of the show, um, I have, mm-hmm. you know, while watching the Die Hard movies, I will watch one and then I will skip over this one. Um, one and three? One and three, just because. One and three. Okay. But, <laughs> and I will every once in a while be like, all right, let's watch part two. And actually, I have a, I have a funny story about watching this movie this time. Um I saw something I'd, I'd never seen before. Um, <laughs> was it uh, William Atherton's butt? Because that's always been there. <laughs> you know what? Two minutes in, maybe I just have always blocked out his butt in the beginning of the movie. Like, maybe that's why. It's like, oh, my goodness. And I'm watching that. That was, bo- that was his idea. That was his idea. He said, I need an in- I want a, rem- a memorable, interesting way to introduce this character. I'm going to do some martial arts naked. There we go. In my head. And the director was like, you don't have to do that. No, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> in my head, that means... He went, there's no way I can top uh, Alan Rickman's performance in the last film unless you <laughs> yes, see my yeah. naked butt in the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> That's the only way I can and, top and, it. <laughs> and that didn't do it. No one will top it, Mr. Alan Rickman. 
I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. I said William Atherton. That's that's um that's the wrong actor. William Atherton is the uh, you know the douchebag of the '80s. Oh oh yes 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 uh, yeah. the one that's still up in the plane <laughs> in this one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, another another returning character. Yeah. Anyone? It's a. Uh, any, anyone listening is like, William Atherton's butt isn't in this movie? It's William Sadler's butt. I'm actually probably glad that William Atherton's butt is not in this movie. You know, just, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like between the two of them, William Sadler probably had the better butt. Just, uh, not that I have any experience or proof of this, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking, and mm. I always forgot, because, okay, so growing up, I watched uh, the Bill and Ted movies. <laughs> Yeah. And I never made the connection until maybe like 10 years ago that William Sadler played Death in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yes, you're right. Oh my God. It didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me. Yeah. And then once, <laughs> once I made that connection, now like if you go onto his, uh, his IMDb page, his photograph of him, it's just, it's, it's a normal headshot of him. Yeah. But yeah, all very, I can uh, see is Death from Bill and Ted's death. Bogus Journey. <laughs> Three out of five. <laughs> five out of seven. And that's all I can think of him doing in this movie, too. Like, I'm like, I'm like no, no, that's death. That is that is, that's death. definitely death. He's, he is the president in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. Oh, that's right. He is, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, at least, at least for the time being. I don't know if he's been, as he's served, I don't know if he's served his term yet. Because <laughs> he's, he's President Ellis, isn't he? Oh, all right, all right we're off the rails here. We're off the rails. Here. Let's let's talk good, okay? Because there there is some good to be had about this movie. I think is there, uh, you might disagree. Is there with me. really good? Yeah, okay, let, uh, let me let me point right up front <laughs> because you're right. The, the the poster says it all. He's back in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. And there's there's a lot of meta humor moments like what the heck in the same another air duck in another building another another uh, attack like even the same shit the makes same reference. guy twice. <laughs> exactly. Which and and Holly says it very sadly at the end of the movie. Why does this keep happening to us? And both times in the movie and even in my notes, I went. I feel like that's the screenwriter talking to the studio, going, "Really, same thing <laughs> twice in a row." Well, <laughs> like just <laughs> here's here's some good. Yes. Okay, this movie gets started right away. Oh yeah. There's no. There's not even an establishing shot. This thing is like. Die Hard 2, hey, don't tow my car, hey, uh, you know, and he's he's right up right there, I'm here to pick up my wife, all the exposition is in like the first 60 seconds. Right, right, and that, and that was another one of my notes, I'm like, there's more, there's more exposition in the first two minutes of this movie than like the rest of the film, because <laughs> in like two lines of dialogue you get that, you know, hey, I'm waiting for my wife Holly, she's on this plane, I'm here with the kids, I'm in DC, I'm, a, I'm an LA cop, hey, don't tow my car, the families are gonna hate me, like it's all of this <laughs> in like two lines of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that's both good and bad. Right. I think it's good because they're like, wow, they got it right out of the, right out of the gate. They didn't they didn't like take their time. They got started right away. It's bad because it's is so ham fisted exposition. <laughs> like no one, hey, don't tow my car. My name's John McClane. I used to be a New York officer. Then my wife moved to L.A. and now I'm an L.A. officer. And uh, I'm here to pick her. Like that's the bad. The good is that they got like started right away. The bad is how they handled right, it. Right, exactly. Like literally, if you if you if you. If we looked at if we looked at the episode one, if we looked at Die Hard one, like it would be the equivalent mm-hmm. of the movie starting with John like 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 rubbing his toes on the carpet in Holly's like <laughs> her office, and then the gunfire happening. Mm-hmm. Like that is how quick the movie oh. would have started, <laughs> which might not be that oh, bad. Boy. Uh, <laughs> just like yeah, yeah. But no, uh, I okay. I'm gonna probably side more with you 
in that this isn't a very good successor to Die Hard. Right. Because I I feel it's a little smug at times. It's a little too self-aware just how good that first one is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more violent. It's got more uh, ad-lib zingers from Bruce Willis. Whereas the ad-lib zingers made John McClane the character he is in the first one. It, it works so well that they're like, all right, Bruce, just go to town. Yep. And I feel like in the first one, he probably, I, I don't know, I obviously don't know, but it felt a little more honest and a little more hesitant to be John McClane mm-hmm. and to have those one-liners. And I, I feel like maybe a, a younger, newer actor was taking risks in doing that with the script. And in this one, they just let him off the chain. They're like, no, 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 you're John McClane. You're Bruce Willis. Go to town. Yeah, do whatever you and want. It, just go ahead. It, it, yeah, it felt smug. Yep. It, the movie has a very smug sensibility to the it. The one thing I've noticed, and again, like when I was just rereading my notes for the movie and, and definitely while I was watching it, like the character of John McClane comes off a little bit more, like he comes off a little bit more of a dick in this one. Like there yeah. is a sense, not again, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying even in the first one that John McClane is not a dick by all means, <laughs> you know, again, <laughs> he pushes a body out of a window and crash, you know, onto Al's car. <laughs> like that's kind of a dick move, but he comes off. It's lovably dickish. It's a lovably dickish. That's, that's yes. <laughs> so I got distracted by that term. Um, but like he, he, in this one, a lot of his lines, a lot, a lot of his actions make him just, a little more on the side of like, no, you're kind of just a dick. Like, and- yeah, a little more smarmy. Like when he's getting the facts with the flight, like the lady at the uh, the help desk at the airport, yep. and she's obviously flirting with him, and he's being all like, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, yeah, I know. And until finally, she's like, I get off at eight, and he's like, look at the ring, baby. Yeah, <laughs> already taken. <laughs> but like, like his comment, like I don't know, his, like later on in the movie when. Um, uh, when he's when he's down inside the the sewer not the sewer system but like on the underground passages talking to the guy that helps him the guy that helps him with mm-hmm. like the maps and helps him find stuff yeah the the janitor, the janitor guy um like he make like the janitor guy's like what are you gonna pay me for that information or something like that or he he basically wants to barter and John's line is like I'm gonna let you live his delivery no. is kind of cold it's like oh oh okay well you didn't have to do it that way. You came off a little darker than you probably could have. And it, I don't know. It just, yeah. And that lends to the, like the upping the ante on everything in this movie compared to the first one. Mm-hmm. It is, it is far more violent. I will say this though, to, to make another good point mm-hmm. about the movie. It's the heart is still there. I think John McClane, he, he cries when that plane crashes. He, he went out there, He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I gotta, I gotta do something. Right. When he sets the two uh, torches on fire, and he's like, No, no, no! Yep. And he, and he, he fails, and it, and it hurts him. It also motivates him to keep wanting to kick these guys' asses. But I appreciated that the character had a heart. That he wasn't just this. He, it showed the signs of, of the, of the, of the hero he was in the first movie, which a man who cares. Right. It's not just about saving his wife. It's about saving all the people. Right, exactly. I mean, like, ultimately, obviously, yeah, he knows that if they brought down that plane that they could very well bring down Holly's. But, you know, but it is, it's still very much so. Like, he knows 230 people were on that plane with, like, everybody, I think is what they say in the mm-hmm. movie. Including Chief O'Brien. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, because we're talking about this segment, let me tell you a quick little side anecdote. My, the first time I ever saw this movie was on DVD. 
when I bought the okay. 20th Century Fox trilogy box set of all three movies when there was only three of them. And my mm. copy of part two would get to the scene when they're heading out to the skywalk, when the the, the, the radio tower guy and the, the army guy, or not the army, but the, like the SWAT team guys are heading out to the skywalk. Mm-hmm. It would then skip and not work until they're going out to the wreckage of the crashed plane. Whoa, <laughs> Which, okay, so weird. So in my head, and then the rest of the movie played fine. Like, so... I, until I watched it for this podcast, have never seen that stuff in between before. Oh, wow. So, oh, geez. And in my head, the that f- changes a little bit of context. It does, because when I watched it, I'm like, okay, they're going out, they're going out. And then they're at a crashed plane, and John's crying. And I'm like, oh my God, Holly's plane crashed. I'm like, they killed oh. Holly. Like, that's what I, that's how I took it. <laughs> and then, like, well, and then, because she's out of the movie for like a chunk of it there. Until mm-hmm. then, all of a sudden, they're back up in the plane with her, and I'm like, oh, 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 wait, okay, wait, they didn't kill her. Wait, whose plane crashed? I never knew. You just thought it was, <laughs> I, you just thought it was poor writing. <laughs> exactly. And I also, I also uh, only assumed that it was like, because I knew it was, I knew it was skipping some of the movie. But like, yeah, I'm, I always thought it was like, eh, maybe like five or 10 minutes it went by. But then I looked at this time, no, that's like freaking 20, 25 minutes of the movie that was just gone in my version. Wow. And I Wow, well, okay, well that's kind of a fresh experience for <laughs> it, you. It was. And then once that happened, I was watching that that those sequences kind of going, "Oh, okay. Oh, that's kind of fun." Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what happened to Patrick, <laughs> not Patrick Stewart. That's what happened to the T1000 from uh <laughs> from Terminator. I'm like, "Oh, okay." That's right. Yeah, Robert Patrick has that's a little right. little cameo in here. So does um John Leguizamo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Very tiny part oh, in church. Man. But yeah, I just I now, that was so that was just a side little anecdote. I just I because we were at that point in our conversation, I, I had to bring that up because it's so weird that I've never seen that part of the movie until just now. <laughs> that's that's funny. But since we're speaking of little cameo and appearances and, and continuing towards the characters, mm-hmm. I want to talk about how weak this ensemble cast is. Again, in comparison to the first one, where every character who has a line of dialogue is a character. Mm-hmm. Every every main character, every supporting character, every side character, you know something about them very you know a lot about them by little with little information in the first one. In the second one, the the bad guys are just bad guys. They're very generic like, cliche. Yeah. I'm a bad guy. Like, and that's it. Yes, I agree. And and I think that hurts the movie in that there's very few likable characters in the whole film. Mm-hmm. Like with the first one, even the bad guys. There's a lot of likable characters. Ellis is terrible, but he's a he's good. That's a good character. <laughs> yeah. No, I will Argyle, agree. Argyle, um, Al, yeah. And here it's there's far less likable characters. And I mean, even even Dennis Franz with his crazy Chicago accent working in Washington D- Washington D.C. is so ridiculous. It's so over the top. And but yeah, it's 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 just. <laughs> My, my my biggest and my other biggest complaint kind of going along those lines, I almost feel like because they have so many characters and I feel like they did this because obviously Die Hard 1 had a ton of different characters. So they kind of just kind of kept yeah. doing, you know, in characters that got introduced halfway through the film or three, you know, like the, the FBI agents in part one that didn't show up till halfway through or later, you know, so like mm-hmm. you get what is it Colonel, not Colonel Stewart. That's the that's the main guy. It's um, uh, it's Major Grant. Um, like mm-hmm. when him and his team show up like halfway through the film, but there's so, there's so many characters that have so weak. I, I feel like maybe there's too many characters. I think that's what I'm trying to say. 
you know, like yeah, considering yeah. how weak they are, I almost, I almost wonder like the writer kind of tried emulating the first film, but couldn't really flesh out all the characters that they had developed, you know? Yeah. It, it, it they went out of their way to make a die harder movie. Yeah. Everything needs to be more, just give more of what worked before. Do, do more of that. Yep. And nobody cares about the characters, just big, big explosions and big, big, big set pieces and lots of gunfire and a lot of shootouts and just, yeah. (laughs) Now, I I do feel like we're we're being a little hard on this movie. And you know what? And yeah, I will agree. Whether you... Yeah, sorry, you were saying? Sorry. Well, no, I mean, I... I, Because I'm like you, I'm on the fence. Sometimes I think this movie is a good movie. I think this is a good, stupid 90s action movie. Yes. It's a it's a fair successor to a great film. How could you follow up that movie? I think. Well, I guess this is the this is the way to go. But then there's other times where I just roll my eyes at it because it's a little too typical. Right. Like there's it's not as it's not as unique as that first one was. So because so yeah, sometimes I I'm okay with this movie. Sometimes this is a fun add to the Christmas list movie. Right. But other times I'm like, no, let's just go to three. <laughs> yep. And I want to be like very like I want to be clear too because yeah I know it, 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 I come off saying sounding like I just utterly hate this film and it's not like I I still enjoy watching it. It's it's fun, mm-hmm. you know, very much so like you in the sense of it's like I will watch it. Don't get me wrong, I watched it all the time. You know, just when there was only three of them, I'd watch it. Sure, but it's it, the one I have a, the most a, this, problems uh, with. <laughs> Well, so, well, at least, so well, far. you have, we have to think about it just right as its own thing yes, right now. Exactly. You can't, you but, can't well, say you have a big problem with it. So like between the two of them, like between Die Hard and Die Hard 2, I will always watch Die Hard. I will probably not always watch Die Hard 2. That's. I agree. We, we did a rewatchman of this a couple years back uh, because it would have been too easy for us to just love Die Hard 1. We wanted to challenge ourselves to be a little more critical to Die Hard 2, right. because Die Hard 2 is, as we've been discussing right now, it is a little easier to pick at and kind of point out mistakes to. I know you have a slew of notes in front of you. I mean, what else? What else? Let's let's keep delving in here. What else, what else you got for me? Well, like, so kind of going back to like what you were saying, like, like so like if Die Hard was the film that kind of redefined the late 80s, early 90s action genre, because I feel like it did that. I feel like mm-hmm. it, it kind of breathed, it, it breathed some new life into that genre. Die Hard 2 yeah. Oh, yeah. was the fully embracing what had become the action genre post Die Hard. Like, mm-hmm. like, because obviously- It's just a copycat. It's a copycat. It didn't try to go, you know, no, we created the genre so we can, you know, let's, let's, let's go about this in our own in our own way it 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 or it's continue with what we had created it just kind of went oh okay well you know Die Hard did that let's you know yeah let's be bigger and badder and you know grander but it it lost some of those elements that did make Die Hard 1 good and you know to try to break mm-hmm. it out I don't know what I couldn't pinpoint exactly I feel like it's a lot of what we've already talked about the fact that John McClane is a little more small he's not as He's already he he's becoming less real to me. I, I, if that's if that makes sense. Yeah, the I yeah I can see what you're saying that he's a little more indestructible in this one. He mm-hmm. still gets put through the ringer, but yeah. he's it's it's that 
E-R. It's the add the er to the end. He's he's a badass. Make him badassier. Yep. He's, he's more John he's indestructible. Make him he's John McClanier. <laughs> um but it for and at the same time it's it's hard to take something that like the first like it's like Temple of Doom to Raiders of the Lost Ark. A lot of people can call Temple of Doom the worst of the like, oh, I, I like Temple of Doom the least. But then there's other people like, no, Temple of Doom's my favorite. I certainly don't think Die Hard and Die Hard 2 are on the same level as Raiders of the Lost Ark and <laughs> Temple of Doom. But I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that's that's what I'm hearing, TC. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I'm saying it's a tough gamut to, to play to try to follow up one of the best. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's literally what, like... If you wanna, if you wanna put it in a modern context, it's what like the Dark Knight had to do, like what was up against for Batman Begins because when Batman Begins came out, like everybody was like, oh, this is a you know, it, myself included, it's an amazing Batman movie. I mm-hmm. love it. It's great. And then it's like, how the hell are you gonna top that movie? And but you know, they they managed to do it. And then I actually think the fair comparison would be to go from Dark Knight to Dark Knight Rises in relationship more, to quality. That's more yes. like Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> From Die Hard to Die Hard Two, I think you're you're more more able to compare Dark Knight to Dark Knight Rises. Where it's like in, in that analogy, yes, if I, that's that's a better that's a more fair point because then it's more like, oh look, well, how can we top as a movie that everybody loves? Oh look, we can't. That and that's <laughs> that's the problem with Die Hard Two is that it tried too hard. Yes. To top the last one, and that is where. The fallacies of this movies are. If you take away the first one, right? If you just kind of separate your mind from that first one and just experience Die Hard 2 as a standalone film, it's actually a fun, mind-numbing 90s action 90s movie. 90s action movie, and yeah. Yeah, it's good. Like, it's good. It's It's got some fun stuff, too. I think the action set pieces really work. I, I, I really wish John McTiernan had come back for this one mm-hmm. because I think that would have made all the difference. True. I think if McTiernan had come back and kept his direction and vision that he had for the first one on this one, this movie would be Temple of Doom. Right. I, what, I mean, that, where, that, where it would, that's my opinion. Where it would probably have been, it would have still been a little darker because that's the direction we're going in movies like this uh, or in mm-hmm. this time frame. Um, but it would have it would have had still that, that, that central core uh, of 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 what made Die Hard one good, it would have still had a lot of that in it, you know. Ultimately, so I yeah, I, I fully I, agree. I fully agree with that. That's a that's a very good theory. It's a shame. It's it would have been. Not, I, I'm very curious to know what a uh, John McTiernan Die Hard two would have been. Like I'm really kind of curious. He to know. he gets it. He got it so well in that first one, and he's gotten action movies before. Like McTiernan is one of the finest action directors of his era mm-hmm. uh denny or rennie harlan is not i mean the guy made cliffhanger the guy made deep blue sea this he's not the highest quality action director nightmare on elm and, uh, street his library four. <laughs> seriously that movie is ridiculous and i watched the documentary on that whole film series and even he was just like yeah we're just doing stuff like he didn't really know what he is was for doing. the dream is which one's for? Is that the dream maker or dream master? Uh, dream the dream master. Yep, dream master. <laughs> yep, that's the one where. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. It's 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 yeah. They really get into the dream aspect of uh, of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> well, and just, I don't oh, mean I, you know what I don't mean to go off on <sighs> Nightmare on Elm Street. We're, we're, see, uh, uh, our friend Bill Corey makes a good point when discussing movies. If if you can't help but start talking about other movies yep. than the one you're supposed to be talking about, that says something about the quality. True. So I'm going to rein us back in True. and say let's let's look at Die Hard too. Now we. <laughs> so one thing so one thing to bring up because we brought this up at the beginning of Die okay. Hard 1 and we should probably bring this up at the beginning of this one so Die Hard 1 was based upon a novel called The Detective mm-hmm. um, this one is also based upon a novel called 58 Minutes oh uh, that, okay. That had, and is it? A, it's that? not a Die Hard novel. It is not is a, it a Die Hard novel. No, or? it is not. It came out. Um, it came out in '87. Hmm. So, okay. and here's the plot. Here's the plot of the book. So again, it is not. It was. It was two years or three years later. It was adapted into Die Hard Two, but is not a Die Hard. It was before the first Die Hard came out. So, like, okay. Just All throwing right. that out there. So, but here's the plot of it. Okay. Frank Malone is a divorced NYPD captain who is waiting at JFK International Airport in New York City for his young daughter to arrive from California as he is going to spend Christmas with her. (laughs) Unfortunately, a mysterious man known only as number one calls the control tower and tells the crew of the airport that he has cut the power to the runway lights of JFK and every airport in the vicinity and has hijacked their equipment, leaving them only 58 minutes to meet their demands until the first plane, which carries Frank's daughter, runs out of fuel and crashes. And there's a giant, massive wow. blizzard coming in. Okay, so the movie. <laughs> it's literally the movie, except they just, they changed the characters. They put Holly up in the plane, well, they changed it to John. This is and, not the yeah. uh, this is not the only time this has happened. Uh, there's certainly, this happens regularly. Uh, on Stranger Tides, the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, mm-hmm. is based on a book that's not Jack Sparrow. It just has a pirate named Jack in it, so they just absorbed it into... This uh, we will we will see another movie in this franchise that did the exact same thing. Yes. Uh, so that that's interesting that they had the rights to this movie and someone at Fox was like, or I don't know. I'm sure the circumstances were we need another Die Hard. Well, this is pretty Die Hard like. Hey, you make this a Die Hard movie. Right. Simple as that. Which is it- and the thing is is that's a good that's a good plot. That is a very good plot. Oh yeah. Actually, and I really love the idea that it's like they only have 58 minutes. I kind of wish that. I mean, I guess they do. They they do kind of have a time limit because obviously a plane is mm-hmm. landing in this one. Yeah. And I'm I'm very curious to know. I I would have liked to actually read that book to see how much of the book made it into the movie outside of that general plot overlay. You know, like like outside of the the core concept. Is it that the bad guys are you know looking for uh, you know are waiting for this 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 guy to come in and they're going to take him and they're all going to go general, yeah, exactly. General Valissimo. No, that's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded legit. Um, <laughs> but like, is, is that it? Is that the, is that the plot? And obviously if, if people who are listening have read that book, leave us mm-hmm. comments and let us know like how similar that is. Like, I'm very curious to know. I, I never have. I would like to though. It actually, if anything, hmm. I feel like this is one of the few times in my life where watching a movie has made me want to read a book. <laughs> and it's not saying there's anything wrong with the movie. It's just like, I'm really curious to know, like, how different is that? You know, like... Yeah, go to the source material. Yeah, uh, exactly. Makes sense. You know, so I, let's, let's talk about the bad guys, though. I, I think that doubling down on the bad guys, tripling down, if you really think about it, because Stuart 
uh, Colonel Stewart is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Major Grant is also a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, and they're going after Ramon Esperanza, who's <laughs> also the bad guy. <laughs> it's just it's three separate, three separate groups of bad guys that are all coming together at one point to all leave simultaneously. And, and oh, I, I really do like the moment when he has the machine gun and to prove his point, he fires it at everybody <laughs> and it's blanks. So what are you goddamn mind McLean? I'm pretty positive he McLean would have gotten shot by somebody, even if they are blanks <laughs> opening fire yeah. in a police precinct in an airport. Probably going to get you hey. shot, you know, probably going to get ace. But you, you know what? Like, so, so there, okay. Now there, there, I do have some positive things to say about this movie. Things I liked that they did with it. That sequence yeah, prior to it. it. Yep. The, the sequence prior to that whole moment when John gets the gun, that whole shootout at the mm-hmm. church. And this is more of a, like, this is more of the filmmaking side of it. And when you know, obviously, oh, they're all blanks. So obviously they're not going to leave bullet holes. There's not going to be the sound effects of ricochets because why would there be? Because there's no actual bullets <laughs> leaving the gun. But Mm -hmm. the sequence was done so well that you don't realize that there's no bullet holes. There's no debris flying in the air. There's no ricochet sound effects. It's just gunfire. And like just noise. It's just noise. And like the your first viewing, you will not catch that because you get so used to like, oh, well, whatever. Not all movies have that in it that when they Mm -hmm. and it doesn't do it, you don't. You don't think of it as oh, it's something's missing, you know. Maybe yeah, maybe that's a interesting. few people I guess do, I, but I never would have thought of it. It was it was something <laughs> that like I, that, that dawned on me watching it this time. I'm like, that's actually that's very well done filmmaking. That you know, or and then it's also a, a a small slight on the way that we as film viewers have gotten accustomed to maybe bad filmmaking <laughs> maybe like the whole like like oh well, they didn't uh, well, yeah. do the sound effects oh whatever they just didn't bother putting it in this time oh, the gunfire's going on you know the editing is done so well you don't realize it and you know so that, that, that there's a compliment there is more i do have yeah. i do have <laughs> I, i'm not saying this is a terrible terrible movie i'm just saying like no no it's not my favorite so far <laughs> you know i like the plane fight i like the fight on the the, the final like punch out throw down on the plane hey and any with uh <laughs> with like a, a a major grant and then colonel stewart yeah yeah and then sending him sending him through the turbine like through the engine like that's pretty that's pretty hardcore <laughs> any death by turbine engine is a win in my book because <laughs> i'm always so like steven seagal in uh, that terminator or that uh which movie is that? Oh, goes through the, isn't it is like, Air Force One? I think like, isn't that like in the beginning too? Somewhere like near the beginning or, oh, it's happening. Either so way. Much. Yes, please. Any Anytime, anytime that happens, I always do the exact same reaction. I'm like, oh my God, that'd be gross, but very oh. well done. All right. I like that. That was fun. Because <laughs> it runs through Ugh. my head for a split second what that would feel like. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get gross, I get grossed out, and then I just applaud them for doing it in a movie. Like it's like, oh, that was good, well done. <laughs> so I think in general, if you if you just just accept that this will never be Die Hard, right? This movie's all right. I think this movie's okay. I think it's it it does leave me wanting in terms of oh, you could do so much more with this character. You, uh, but it doesn't have to amp up everything. You can explore this character a little differently uh so i i i like this movie I, it's like a c it's like a solid c for me okay c c plus so like ha- <laughs> just really like so like having said that 
whereas we had discussed at the end of the last episode about how Die Hard, when you're done watching the first Die Hard, we both kind of agreed that we didn't need another one because mm-hmm. that was a good movie. We're happy with that movie. Yeah, it'd be fun to see more of what he does, but we don't really need another one. This movie, yeah. on the other hand, when you get done watching it, because you kind of made that comment, does it does it make you want to watch another Die Hard? Like, are you like okay? Right. So okay. I so see another we're, one. are we are we asking? The, are we gonna are we gonna broach the? I, I think the we should. We're the, we're yeah. We're about like halfway ish through the episode. So why don't we start broaching okay. that, and then we can come back to anything else we might have missed. So do okay. you feel so, that this that that Die Hard two left you going? I want. I need another Die Hard, for whatever reason. Do you think it needed a sequel? Do you think this one deserved a part three? Deserves a part three. Honestly. My 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 knee-jerk response is yes, because I think they could do better. Okay. I think that it was good seeing John again, but it was disappointing to see him kind of go through such a similar circumstances. We had discussed uh, in after one that a sequel would be it would be nice to see more of John if they were gonna do a sequel. Yes, but they it would be more interesting to explore him in different circumstances. And I think seeing this one, it left me wanting redemption. I, it, this certainly isn't a Crystal Skull situation where I'm like, no, we need one more to fix this. Right. <laughs> it was it was a matter of, okay, it was cool to go back to this character. And since you did it once, it might be worth seeing it again. So I say, I say yes, I want another one. Okay. I, I think I want to go back to John one more time to finish off this character Trill, tr- the power of three and if you're gonna do two let's go for three let's go for three and let's have it wrap things yeah. up and be done yeah so but how do you feel about it I, I think you feel differently i do actually and the truth is is i i when the movie ended i sat there for a second or for not a second it wasn't like movie it wasn't like credits no no sequel no i <laughs> i uh, i sat there and i kind of thought about it and i'm like you know what i it was fun but i see so much of part 1 in it but mm-hmm. not even not not, not that sound this is going to sound really mean not reaching the expect not not reaching the level of part 1 like we kind of said it kind of went it tried being part 1 but it didn't quite be part one and right did this movie make you want to go back and watch part one it did actually it made me kind of like no nah, i just kind of oh, want to okay. watch part one again because part one was better and like i feel like because and, and like a lot of the things that i kind of talked about like i feel like john started he's already becoming like we said he's starting to become more smarmy more smarmy he's more of a dick he's 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 a little more cocksure than we needed yeah he's not i i could as we said in the last one i could at least remotely picture myself you know being john mcclain for a small portion not saying the whole diving off the top of a building as it explodes like no i would just <laughs> i would do that i would just pee my pants and then trip and fall over the edge of the building and go down like hans <laughs> that's how so paul blart is what you're exactly. saying you are <laughs> yes uh <laughs> but like just i it, it, it's it's He's in this movie. There, there isn't a spot. Even though, yeah, even though when he's he, the only time I could ever see myself being reacting in a similar fashion is when he's bawling his eyes out on the on the runway, 
when the plane mm-hmm. crashes. Because, yeah, that's a real human response. You tried saving these people. 230-some-odd people just died in front of you. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And you couldn't do anything about it. Yes, I get that. That is a very human That is a very human uh, response. And that is the closest I feel that we get to John McClane in the entire movie. The rest of it, he's more of just a standard action hero. And male bravado. Right. And watching it, it just kind of makes me like, well, if this is where this franchise is going, I Mm -hmm. don't really I don't need to see another one because the first one did it better. So my opinion is so where like I understand yours. I get yours. It totally makes sense because (laughs) I could probably say to myself, like, okay, I will watch one more if they intend if they if they can somehow bring back what the first one had. I will watch one more Mm -hmm. then. But if they're like, nope, we're just doing these two, I'd be like, or, you know, like, they're like, we have no idea if we're ever going to do another one. I'd be like, no, I don't, I don't need another one. Thanks. I'm good. I'll go back to watching part one (laughs) and then maybe pop this one in on every once in a while. But it just, it didn't have the character. It didn't have the, the feel. It didn't have all the, like all the little things that I really, really liked it. Even, even Al. So, so Al shows up in this one. For like a five minute right. cameo, which by the way, <laughs> if that, if it's like that. minutes, it's like two minutes, <laughs> which by the way, I really don't think he would have been able to run the fingerprints through a fax machine. Like, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I feel like based upon my knowledge of the quality of fax machines, maybe not so much nowadays, yeah. <laughs> but it's circa 1990, that damn thing would have just come out as a smudge, you know? <laughs> a black <laughs> smudge, yeah. He wouldn't have been able to get a print or run it off of that. Like, that's just ridiculous. Suspension of disbelief, Jeff. I know. Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> and again, that's where, like, most of my notes were all these, like, sarcastic comments. <laughs> but, like... I, maybe you should do an audio commentary as a, as a special that people can have for... Uh, for franchise manchise, maybe you should start thinking about doing commentary tricks. That, that would be kind of fun, you know. It's like it's it's, <laughs> it's the alternating episodes, like or every once in a while, I just be like, nope, it's the uh, for this franchise, it's Jeff doing the or it's me doing the commentary. <laughs> Jeff speaks in third person. MST in it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, with Al, you're saying so. But like with Al having it, Al cameo, he 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 was probably the one that that was the same. Like yeah, okay. That's Al. That's Al from the first film. Like, and I get it. And that, it was <laughs> all cool. Two it's, minutes of him. It's cool seeing him, but all that did to me was make me wish the movie was more like part one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just like, ah, it, you know, like, like there's the, you have a lot of the same people. Why couldn't you just, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I'm not saying I wanted a rehash of part one because we kind of got that with this one. You know, to a degree, it's right. it's the same except it's just it's instead of a building, it's planes. You know, and in an mm. airport, and that's all it is. He's running around an airport instead. But I don't know. I just I I don't know where I was going with that. I just I felt like I felt like it was it was just a <laughs> it was a little this one a little weaker. It was just weaker than the first one, and yeah. So no, okay. I, okay. I I which is good. I'm glad that we have uh, disagreeing opinions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see it from this from this point of view. This movie came out in 1990. The Indiana Jones trilogy had finished the year before. Mm-hmm. 1989 was Last Crusade. So Spielberg had created a trilogy that kind of, I mean, that and Star Wars were the standard of trilogies to this day. Yeah. I mean, the, the powerful magic number of three was more or less fine-tuned and, and re- it was just refined by... Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so with this movie being the dark middle movie 
Uh, certainly not of the quality of Empire Strikes Back or Temple of Doom by a long shot. I think they need to come back for one more to finish off this franchise. Do you think that is the intention of the filmmakers in the studio? Do you think because there was a two-year gap between Die Hard and Die Hard 2, do you think that they, in their head, they're like, we're going to do Die Hard 2 and then you know, we'll, we'll wait like a year or so and then we'll start production on Die Hard 3 and then make a trilogy? Do you think that's kind of where they were going? Or do you think it was well, more of the, we're just going to do these as long as they make money? Like, I, I have more of a feeling that it's probably the, we'll do it till it's it's not making money okay. attitude. But it, because this movie did have a bigger budget. Um, yeah, this this movie, I, mean, I, I looked that up. I looked that up last time when we were talking about Die Hard 1. And uh, the budget for this mm-hmm. one was like 180 million. Or, no, sorry, the, sorry. This movie, this budget for this one was 70 million, which I think didn't like, Die Hard 1 make 80 million or something like that? Like, I feel like the budget for this one was basically what the first one had earned in the box office. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm double checking. <laughs> well, Let me look. One... You keep talking. Okay. Like, Die Hard 1 was the bigger success. It was the bigger, at the time, the cult success because it wasn't. There's no way, like, in, in first glance, that this movie should have done as well as it did. So, with Die Hard 2 coming two years later. Yep. It was, it was like, hey, this movie. Let's try again. Let's see if we can catch some of that lightning again. It was five years until they made Die Hard Three, so I don't think this one left them with the, with the need or the intention of doing a third one. I think maybe the powers that be were probably like, we'll see how this does. Maybe we could do this again. I think it was more, hey, let's do one more outing. See if we can grab as many dollars as we can. Right. While he's still while the character and the product is still hot, yeah, because the first film had a twenty eight million dollar budget, it made eighty million gross in the U S. And then the second one, pretty darn good, yeah. So what, almost just under quadrupled its budget, or at least tripled its Mm -hmm. or its Mm -hmm. its budget. This one had a budget of seventy million, so it was already like almost thirty five or forty million dollars more, and it grossed one hundred and one hundred and seventeen million in the box office. So it didn't do as well as the first one did. It still did well. Right. If you you look at the percentages, though, it didn't. It didn't. That first one was the bigger success. Right. So here's here's the question. If you're like, Jeff, I know you said no sequel, but now you have to make a sequel. What is the sequel to Die Hard 2? So, okay, it's 1990. We're in the Mm -hmm. early 90s. Again, like as I mentioned earlier, films are... It's 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 prior to that whole like dark gritty reboot world that we are in nowadays, like with like, these comic book characters. But we're in that early '90s where it's violent, it's dark. Still, you know, we're coming out of the mm-hmm. '80s. So I would personally, um, I'd go back. I would actually kind of go along the lines of what we were talking about in the last one. I would go back to the basics because it's like, well, how do you top this? How do you top? Yeah, planes in the air that are crashing like you're in charge of the airport like you can't get bigger than that (laughs) unless it's literally a nuclear bomb that is going to go off which then you completely (laughs) lose the whole audience and the whole like human side of John McClane because now it's like well why the hell is he he doing that if John McClane had to deal with nukes that's a terrible idea. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> I hope they never do that in this franchise. I really, I they can't. They're smart enough. They're never going to do that. <laughs> well, uh, here, here's. So I, I'm cutting you off there. <laughs> no, what, no, no. What, do you have a pitch? Do you, do you know where you would go with this franchise? Yeah. I, so, like, what I would do is I'd, I'd make it a I'd make it a smaller 
uh, a smaller, little darker of a story. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, I would want it to go back because the core, the core of the first film was that John was going out there to save his marriage and was just, you know, was to basically kind of just save his family. They wanted, he wanted to, they, they kind of wanted to make it work. So, mm-hmm. what better way than to go at the core of it than to literally kidnap his family oh, and boy. hold them hostage? Okay. So now his family is is entirely it would be Holly and then it'd be the two the two kids Jack and I don't Lu- remember Lucy girl. and Lucy Jack. that's it Lu- Lucy yeah. um it would literally be the Hello, three of them Oh this is Lucy McLean <laughs> that's right I forgot she does say her name um but like it's like it would literally be his family are in danger his family are are mm-hmm. being threatened to be killed and it would be. It would be like it'd be somebody's getting revenge, or it's just some it's some new new group of people. I kind of like the idea that because it's a simpler film, it's somebody that maybe John yeah. has pissed off in the past is coming out to seek revenge on him. So they're kidnapping his family and they're making him do ridiculous things. Because one of the things that happened in Die Hard Two <laughs> was there was a lot of people being like, "Oh yeah, so I saw you on the news. I saw you in the magazine, the Nakatomi incident." Like he so obviously John has been in the news because of what he did. So people know mm-hmm. who John McClane is. So he's almost kind of got like a status of like hero and savior. Like he helped all these people. He saved all these people in his building. And now he kind of did it again with the airport. So Mm -hmm. whoever kidnaps his family makes him do things in public to knock down that good guy persona. Like they're trying to physically ruin his life. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Ruin his image. Ruin his image. Sure. And okay. ultimately, uh, in my world, because this is the world, this is the way I go. Holly manages to momentarily break free, and in the process of doing so, she gets killed. Because oh, let's geez. just destroy John. Oh my gosh! But that that pushes John over into like rage mode, <laughs> if you will. Uh, <laughs> but that just pushes him the rest of the way, where he's able to like he stops whoever the bad guys are, and then he saves Lucy and Jack. So at least okay. he has his kids, you know. But. But then this, what that would do, it's very dark. It's very, it's very a downer note because, but the last two films were all about saving Holly and he managed to save Holly. What better way to make him look human than if he's unable to save Holly this time? Like oh he boy. can't well, save you her. Went, you went way darker than I, <laughs> I would have gone. Oh my gosh. Here, here's, here's the way I look at it, Jeff. Okay. 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 Uh, franchises succeed on their formula. Okay. And okay. we've seen the formula twice now. Die Hard has a formula, just like Indiana Jones has a formula, just like Star Wars has a formula. The best franchises find a way to do a variation on the formula that succeeds. Okay. okay. And Die Hard 2 follows the formula. It just doesn't succeed where the first one does, which I think you'll agree with me on that. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yep. Okay. Uh, so my pitch for a Die Hard 3 would be similar to my pitch for what I thought Die Hard 2 should be. The sequel to this movie that we just saw is a John McClane who is is back at work trying to just keep his head down and do his damn job. And he's good at his job. He's a good cop. He's a good detective. He works the streets. Some circumstances involving someone else being sucked into a big terrorist, uh, bad guy, robber, thief plot causes John to get dragged in to the circumstances. So he plays the experienced mentor to someone else going through this. And John is like, I can't in the, in the second one, he's like, I can't believe I'm going through the same thing again in a third one based like a sequel to this one. It's, I can't do this again. 
I can't do this a third time. Like I and and that meta recognition of are we really doing the same thing? I would give to John to be like, this has ruined my life. But Makes I can't sense. help myself. I have to do the right thing. This has ruined my life. This has ruined my marriage. This has ruined my relationship with my kids. And I'm just trying to get by. And every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. And I like your idea of putting the main characters through the ringer. Uh-huh. So if you have a character who is is a, a, a new main character, a new protagonist who is suffering the consequences and wrath of some thief bad guy, and John gets involved, that thief bad guy would be like, oh, I know you. You're the Nakatomi guy. You're the DC airport guy. Well, let's have some fun with this and your image, Mr. McLean. You want to be involved? Fine. Now you're involved. And then, so the bad guy who's got his motives, who's who's messing with this main character, now has John McLean mucking up the plan, and so he takes it out on John as well as our new main character. That's my pitch for a third one. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, mine because was a lot you can, darker. <laughs> you can follow the diehard formula by having... It's a big plot that really comes down to a robbery. You can have the action set piece after action set piece, but having the recognition of, I'm getting too old for this, <laughs> of, of John not wanting to be involved, but can't helping can't help but be involved. Right. Um, that, that's how I would do it. Partner him up with someone who's a little younger and, and more like, okay, we have to do this, right? And John being like, yeah. <sighs> Yippee-ki-yay, let's go. <laughs> because then the more you poke and prod John in running him through the circumstances, the more you get the smart ass, the more you get to see the bravery, the more you get to see the heroic nature of this guy who's in the wrong place at the wrong time again and has had enough. <laughs> I think because just then if you want a death in this thing, you kill him at the end. Oh, there you go. And he never even, go. He wasn't even supposed to be there today. Uh, (laughs) or you have them right off into the sunset you can go one of two ways (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i feel like they would have filmed both endings i feel like they would have killed john um off and then also had him also filmed another ending where he would have ridden off into the sunset and then they would have screened Mm -hmm. the one where he died and then everyone would have been like no we want to see him live and then they would have just used that (laughs) ending uh or they would have in my pitch pitch, you get to have fun oh sorry the, the lethal weapon ending you're saying Oh, yeah, they would have pulled the Lethal Weapon ending where they intended on uh, Riggs and Murtaugh separating and then filmed it, and the audience hated it. Because <laughs> it's like, no, yeah, the test audience hated it because they're like, no, we wanted them together. We want them to be, because they look like they're friends, and they're, yeah, they're driving off in the sunset because it was supposed to be a one-off, and then they changed <laughs> it, and then we got three more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> see episode 926 of the franchise franchise <laughs> podcast <laughs> don't 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 uh don't gonna, uh, marry gonna... yourself to that date no that's a long ways away <laughs> these are uh, gonna go like no, episode I... one two five four hundred six hundred and twenty nine <laughs> and then, then it's gonna be like there's like eight episodes what are these other right. numbers i don't get this so but no anyways well, I, <laughs> so yes i i do think you need to complete this trilogy and i think it need you are right you have to return to form and yeah. i think Returning to the reluctant hero in the wrong place at the wrong time, taking away the cocksuredness of John from two and returning more to that. I got to do this. It's the right thing to do. And it sucks. Yeah. All right. Listen, young, young sidekick who I'm helping. 
uh, Young Apprentice. Robin. Young, young Batman to Robin, yes. <laughs> uh, this is just how it goes. Um, which is funny because obviously, too, we, we know there's more to come. Yeah. Uh, we know that we got three and four. My pitch for two was essentially three. My pitch for three is essentially four. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the hard and that's thing. not like, intentional that's not. like this is this is the one hard part about doing this podcast because we do have to mentally keep ourselves pretending that we don't know what comes right <laughs> we, 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 don't check out. we have to like no it doesn't exist but i'm acknowledging it right here exactly. that i'm aware that my pitch sounds strikingly yeah. similar to four <laughs> whereas mine was i don't know some other dark movie that doesn't have a place in the Die Hard franchise. <laughs> you and, got dark, bro. <laughs> I feel... Stay with the formula. I feel like I... <laughs> I feel like I went the route of the Halloween movies, um, <laughs> which I'm currently watching in the sense of like, oh, well, we did two of them. Whatever, that's fine. Part three needs to go in a different direction. We all know how well that turned out for those <laughs> movies and that franchise. So it would just uh, it would just go the route of something different, and then wrap back around episode or part four would just be like, oh yeah, just totally forget about part three and how it was totally different. Let's just Don't move worry. on. <laughs> just, yeah. Which I have, I have, oh, I have so many questions about that. Uh, I, I almost feel like I have to do the Halloween franchise you because do. yes, it, that's the one that's just the most conf- like in my head. I will have a field day on a, on the third part of that franchise. I, I wish you luck. I don't know if I'm the right Sorry, guy to yes. watch those with you. You may want to call up Chad or something. No. Yeah, I'll grab somebody. We'll grab. I'll grab like Chad or so, or, or or somebody that'll have fun with those two with me. So <laughs> that's that's the beauty of the show. So and, and I don't know if we've ever discussed that, but like the goal is we're gonna kind of bounce around different people for the different franchises because I know not one person can you know, besides myself could stomach all these different genres. <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> could, I watch movies. You like could. It's my living. Yeah. Which in That's many true. ways. Hmm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I watch much shorter films, mm-hmm. uh, more like documentaries oh. as if it was my living. Uh, <laughs> well, it sounds like we've reached the end of our conversation about Die Hard 2 here. Yes. I, I think we have. So, so general, so final thoughts, anything that we, that we didn't talk about that you want to maybe mention? Sure. Okay. Or I think that about the movie. I think that in, to answer the question, does this movie deserve a sequel? I don't think this movie was necessary, uh, but since it exists, we need a third one to complete this journey. And this, it has to be a trilogy. Three is the magic number. So where I do say, uh, I, I say yes. This movie needs a sequel. And you, what do you feel? I say I say no, this movie doesn't deserve a sequel because of the of what it did and how and how it came out. <laughs> you like, don't deserve what do we it. have for part two. <laughs> you don't deserve a sequel. But again, I can see your point in the fact of being like, no, we need a part three, A, to complete the trilogy and to maybe get us back on track again. Because mm-hmm. you know what? A lot of movies, it's a lot of things, TV shows, anything, books, you can you can you can see this in any kind of form of media. Whenever you have a continuation of an established, well accepted story, sometimes the people writing mm-hmm. it don't know what way to go with it. So you have to try something. Yeah. And they tried an avenue and the avenue maybe is just was not the right avenue to go down to, but they would have never known that had they not done this. Mm-hmm. You know, had they not done two, they wouldn't have known, no, we shouldn't go that way. Let's go a different direction, <laughs> you know, or 
and you can you can look at that at TV shows. First seasons of most TV shows are that way. Mm-hmm. You'll see characters and acts and like, well, they've never done that again. What's well, because they tried it? They went that doesn't work. We have to go another direction. Right. Jo- so. Joey and and Rachel together didn't work. Get her back with Ross. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> that's a really good analogy. Uh, it's 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 just getting well, what getting rid of uh, like one character from Parks and Rec because Mark yeah, because nobody work. really. Seem to like him. <laughs> um, the character just didn't work. It was too just normal of a person. We needed somebody who was slightly different. So we got him. Um, or we got Ben. But like, uh, yeah. So I, I will say, in my opinion, no. I would have, I would have walked out of the theater going, "All right, that was fine. We're done. Let's go um, watch Die Hard I, one again." <laughs> and we're done. Yep, exactly. I'm like, well, Die Hard one was better, so I'll just watch that one. Um, but obviously we know differently mm-hmm. don't we, we do because we have die hard they... with a vengeance coming Ooh, and that title sounds so much better than die hard Two: die harder <laughs> die harder it's like they didn't even try with the <laughs> subtitle right <laughs> well it's die like hard three was just really like what are we gonna die hardest <laughs> Die Hardest. It should have just, like at the rate that it was going, it should have been just Die Hard, Die Harder, and Die Hardest. And there's your trilogy. Like in the 80s, that's probably what they would have done. Uh, but like it's if, the 90s now, movie, Jeff. It's if, the 90s now. I know. Oh, I know. It's 90s. We got phones on planes now. Like, it's just like. <laughs> oh, and that sequence, the scene of, like, this is one of my notes, just the scene of. Of waiting for telephones, and I've realized this. I've been watching a lot of like early '90s movies recently. Like mm-hmm. I watched Home Alone again during Christmas, and and I'm realizing like I'm like the concept of going to a, any place and having to wait for a, a payphone to show up or to to, to be free, free up yeah. in order for you to call somebody is like like yeah okay I was around I was alive obviously during that time and but like I'm so accustomed to cell phones now yeah. where everybody can be reached at any point. Mm-hmm. That that image of just like like John got paged by a number he didn't know. He called it <laughs> on a payphone at the airport, which he had to wait for, and it turned out to be Holly in the air. Like that, just that 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 I kind of forget that we were in a simpler time. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that's so alien now. And when you point it out, it's like, wow, you're right. That's I, I can't imagine someone younger trying to watch this, watching movies like that, like this now, and being like. Just that concept is completely lost on them. Like, oh, you had to wait for a payphone. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> a pager. Like, and like, why was Holly? Yeah, why was Holly calling him? Why didn't she just text him and say the plane's <laughs> gonna be a little later? Or like, you know, why did John show up at the airport? He could have just waited until he, you know, he could have checked the uh, the flight times online, and then would have been like, oh, mm-hmm. I'll wait a little bit, and then I'll go in. <laughs> you know, or uh, oh man, just so many of those little things like that. That it's like nowadays. You know, there was there was obstacles characters used to have to face back in the day that they don't necessarily have to anymore because technology has advanced. You have to come up with a reason why they don't have a cell yeah. phone, why yeah. they can't go online. Lucille, and, I have no service. That's yeah. the worst. Oh, my battery died. I'd rather the battery died on the cell phone than the than oh, I can't get any service. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, we've, like, I'm sorry. we've certainly I've gone only off had the rails. Like four here. locations in the world. <laughs> totally, totally, totally off the rails. So yes, so yeah, I I say no. This movie does not deserve did not deserve a sequel in my eyes. I can see it. No, I mm-hmm. I don't. I would not personally want a sequel. But we know there is one coming up. <laughs> I'm interested to see what people next episode, uh, comment uh, comment in the in the comment section about how they feel about Die Hard Two, about how they feel about our pitches for three. Um, no, this is fun. Yes. I love doing this. I love that that sort of fantasy world where we don't know what the third one is and what we feel would be logical like that's that's fun 
It's fun. And you know what? As I think I said this at the end of the last episode, for anybody who's listening to the podcast, you can go to the website, go to ghosthat.net uh, and find the podcast on there. That's where you'll find it. And then just go to this episode's list and leave comments mm-hmm. and describe, like, you know, if you have ideas about what you think the terrorist should have been. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're wrong. Because I'm pretty positive nobody's going to like me by the end of this podcast. So. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, let us know. Let us, you know, talk about it. And then what we'll do is when we come around to the uh, finale episode of this particular franchise we'll go back and we'll we'll mm-hmm. we'll uh we'll definitely comment or we'll we'll read some of the comments that people have and and uh yeah just kind of recap the franchise at that point but cool. from here on out uh yeah that's interesting uh, <laughs> well cool thanks that was die hard too everybody yeah. uh, thanks for again for uh, letting me come and do this with you jeff this is fun hey thank you for thank you for coming along with this fun fantastic franchise journey that we're on tc um i don't remember did i have a call off in the last episode i can't i don't, I don't believe so uh if i make I don't do believe a there quick was one, plug right? for the rewatchman podcast yes oh yes yeah so if uh, definitely plug all your stuff if you would like to hear some more movie conversation <laughs> check out the rewatchman which is available on itunes for subscription we just did of, of recently you can find our best of 2015 uh, double episode where we do um, the best and the worst of 2015. We read a lot of our listener comments about some of theirs, and then we list our top 10. Um, and our, our list episodes are always the most fun. They're usually the longest as well. Um, but yeah, so check that out. That's The Rewatchman, and it's available on iTunes. One day I will be on it. One day, <laughs> One day. I will find a time to be able to be on an episode. It's all me. It's not you. Again, we've we discussed that in the end of the last one. So, um, yeah, I don't have anything else to plug. Uh, listen to this podcast. It's a great show. Yeah, uh, just <laughs> listen to the first episode and then this episode again. With that, uh, that is the end of the episode. And uh, like I said, next uh, next episode will be amazingly enough the 1995 sequel to this movie called Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> it's. Yeah, exactly. Cue the evil laugh. So, all right, guys. Thank you all for listening very much, and we will catch you guys later. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Franchise Schmanchise is a proud member of the Ghost Hat Media Network. For more information about the show, or to leave comments and talk to us, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash franchman. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>